0: or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot
1: G'day, mates. It's B Buster here. And before the episode begins, I would just like to let you know that Be Scared, which is produced along with Studio 71, features scary stories from around the globe on a weekly basis that aim to fuel your nightmares with a smile. And if you enjoy the podcast, it would be great if you could hit that subscribe button and drop a review. But thanks for listening, guys. And without further ado, let's begin. I'd never been a big fan of camping before, but circa 2012, for some reason or another, my friend and I decided to take a Saturday night to camp on private property. We had permission from the owner, on the bank of a small lake in the rural American southeast. The lake wasn't very large, probably around 50 to 150 yards across. I'm not great at estimating distances, though. It was more of a deep pond, I guess, but... It was five times as long as it was wide, and from the perspective of our camp, it consumed the majority of our sightline. The plot of land itself wasn't entirely removed from civilization either. We were five or ten miles outside of a small suburb of a mid-sized southern city. It definitely was not easy to access, however, and the only way in was a gated, narrow dirt road across a levee which spanned one side of the lake. This road was gated and locked... The owner gave us his code. We pulled the car through and locked the gate behind us. Now, if you've ever been down south, you know how quickly it gets isolated outside of cities. Our cities are small and the rural people around often live rough and wild. We have dense woods, so thick that they're really not worth building in unless you have some sort of connection or attachment to the area, I guess. I've heard it was not profitable to cut roads through a lot of it, in fact, when they were building highways in the 50s. So, not much development has happened in the last 100 years, and in some places since the Civil War, even. Now, it's not uncommon to go for a 30-minute drive straight out of town and come upon cabins that are obviously off the grid. My friend and I were used to living in the suburbs, so we were just happy to see stars and hear the sounds of nature, I guess. We were at our very utilitarian camp, small Coleman two-person tent in a blanket, simply looking around and enjoying the night when, suddenly, my buddy sat up real straight. He said something like, ''Do you see that guy over there?'' He pointed to the other side of the small lake. ''I didn't see anything.'' I sort of sat up slightly and said, Uh um, nah, it's just the dark playing tricks on you, I think.'' he seemed actually shaken though. No, look, there's a bunch of faces behind the trees now. That got my attention and I sat up fully at this point, rubbing my eyes to try and gain full focus. And then I saw them. Small, round, white faces staring back at me from across the lake, maybe 15 or 20 of them. All of them were positioned in such a way that their bodies were behind the trees and only their heads were visible. The best way that I could describe the faces were like very pale, somehow internally illuminated children. I should mention that neither of us were drinking or high. We were too young for that, not for at least a few more years anyway. We had eaten dinner at home and we were just planning on going to sleep after chilling out for a while the faces, they weren't moving though. I was kind of sitting there in shock thinking that my eyes were just adjusting and I would see that they were a reflection, bugs or owls or something, but I would just never come to that realization. I stared right back at them for what felt like five minutes, looked back at my friend, and then suddenly they were just gone. Bodies of water carry sound extremely well, and we heard extensive shuffling from the other side of the lake, and a couple of small branches snap as well. It's incredible what your ears pick up on during an otherwise silent night like this. My buddy was tearing up a little when he said, What the heck were those? And I didn't have a good answer. Neither of us slept particularly well that night. I definitely felt validated in my feelings of disliking camping, but... I mean, what were we going to do in a situation like this? In the end, we woke up early, we packed up quickly, and we just left. I tried to do some research on the internet, but I never found a phenomenon that would explain this, which is why I'm here. Do you have any theories as to what this could have been?
0: or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot
1: What comes to mind when you picture the perfect roommate? One who comes when you call? One who doesn't forget to lock the doors? One who doesn't steal your milk just a little bit at a time, hoping you won't notice? At Apartments.com, they understand that. When it comes to roommates, a pet can be your best bet. They're easygoing, eat what you serve them, and never clog the toilet. That's why they have the most pet-friendly rental listings on the internet. And with instant alerts, you'll know the moment your perfect pet-friendly place becomes available. So, when you need a place that's pet-friendly and human-tolerant, check out Apartments.com, the place to find your pet-friendly place. I live in a college town with six other young girls in our 20s. The city that we live in, it's not that nice and has a huge homeless and drug problem where break-ins are not unusual. However, what happened last Saturday was definitely strange. My roommates and I, as well as some of our boyfriends, were hanging out and drinking in our house while two of the girls opted to go out to a bar. By around 1am, the two girls came home from the bar and everyone was tired, so we all went to our respective rooms to go to sleep. Later in the night, I was awoken by someone opening my door and standing in my room staring at me. In my head, I thought that it was one of my roommate's boyfriends, trying to see if my boyfriend and I were still awake to continue to party. Since I was tired, I pretended to be asleep to avoid being bugged. After a bit, the person closes my door and proceeds to pace back and forth in the hallway. They then begin to attempt to open my roommate's door, whose room is right next to mine. Luckily, her door was locked and she also had her boyfriend with her. The person then proceeds to go into our utensils drawer and grabs a knife to attempt to pick her lock. After gaining some courage, her boyfriend shouts, ''Who is that?'' which startles the man who then sprints up the stairs and out the door. The police were called and did a search and obviously didn't find anything. They told us break-ins were normal, which we knew. However, what makes this whole scenario creepier is that he didn't steal anything. My phone, alcohol, and $600 shoes were just left there untouched. We also suspect that this person was not on drugs or alcohol as he moved very quietly and very deliberately. He was able to get in because the two girls who came home from the bar did not lock the door behind them apparently. I'm not sure what this man's intent really was but I am forever grateful that I happened to have my boyfriend with me that night which is not that often as he lives three hours away and pretended to be asleep. It gives me chills thinking that A strange man was in my room, and what could have happened to me if I was alone? When I was seven years old, my parents and I were living in a basement apartment in the Bronx. The way the apartment was set up had my mother and father's room at one end of a short hall, the bathroom in the middle, and my room at the other end. If you don't know anything about a basement apartment... Just know that it doesn't take much effort to enter one through a window. Now, one very early morning, possibly around 7 or 8, I was woken up by a very sharp, like, pain on my butt cheek. I got up thinking our cat had gotten in my room and had bit me or something, as she used to nip hard and attack at whatever she felt like, toes included. So I jumped up looking for her, only to see a grown man sitting on my bed. I remember being upset and asking him why he pinched me, to which he hushed me and said something about him being thirsty. I remember pulling down my nightgown to cover my butt at that point and asking him if he wanted a juice or a water. I wasn't scared at all, more surprised and mad that this man had pinched my butt so hard. He said that he wanted juice, so I left my room and closed my door with him still sitting on my bed. I walked to the kitchen and got him some juice. As I was bringing the cup back to my room, I looked at my parents' door and thought that I should probably wake them up, but can't remember why I decided against it. And I ended up giving the man the cup, and he drank the juice. I remember he asked me if I could help him find his friend, and him telling me that he was lost. I remember that my dad had told me that I wasn't allowed to go outside without him or my mother, but they were worried as this was a new neighborhood, We had only moved in like maybe two weeks earlier. I remember being scared to go outside because I didn't want my parents to be upset with me. So I told him that I had to wake up my parents to ask. I remember that he said that it would be real quick because he knew that his friend was somewhere in the area and we would find him quickly. I once again said no and told him that I was not allowed to go outside without my parents. So he ended up saying that he didn't need my help anymore and that he would find them. He asked me to lock the door behind him, so I walked him out and locked the door, waving him goodbye. I tried to go back to sleep, but it was too late. I was awake at this point, so I started watching cartoons. Well, the volume happened to be way louder than expected because my mother woke up and asked me very angrily why I was awake so early. I told her all about the man pinching my butt really hard, to which at first she didn't believe me as she thought that I had a bad dream, but she lifted my nightgown and I guess I must have had a bruise or something. I will never forget how she got so calm and she started smiling at me and with a very sweet voice started asking me what did he look like, what happened, and if I remember what he was wearing. I told her, to which she left my room for a moment, coming back with my dad. She then told me to tell him everything using that same sweet voice, and I did. I didn't think that I was in trouble or anything, and I thought that I had made a new friend. After telling them about my new friend, they got dressed and started searching. And well, it didn't take long because he happened to be the Super's family member. When I saw him, I immediately shouted at him, Hey, friend. My parents told him to go inside, which I did. Maybe an hour or so later, my parents came back with McDonald's for me, but they seemed really angry. Before the end of that day, my father put a padlock on my door and told me that whenever I go to sleep, to always lock my door, as our kitchen windows didn't lock. Because apparently, that's how he got in. Sometime later, I was 15, I found out that the guy was mentally ill and was sent away from the Dominican Republic by his family so he wouldn't get arrested for something he did out there with another little girl. And yeah, that's about it. It all surprises me that I wasn't scared to this day. But please, if you or anyone you know lives in a basement, ground level apartment, or flat, please triple check that all the window locks work. And always, lock your windows up. I moved to a rural area of the North Georgia, Alabama mountains. Sand Mountain was the name of the place, and it was connected to Dade County Gar, but right over the state line in Higdon, Alabama. I was around eight years old, I think. So, when I first got there, it was a total culture shock, having moved from a large urban area in the southwest. I vividly remember driving through a virtual sea of green right outside of Atlanta. The novelty of the trees soon wore off, and I dove back into a book to stave off the boredom of a long drive to my new home. And at some point, I started to feel really uneasy, so I told my mum. She wrote it off as a symptom of the major life change, or something to that effect. I did my best to just accept it as nothing more than that, but the anxiety and the sense of oppression got a a lot worse. It seemed that the heavy feeling directly correlated to the proximity to my new home. That was a feeling that I would live with for over a decade as well. I would soon find out that it was nothing in relation to what I would soon experience as well. I cannot say how long it was... Until it started, but it had to be a few months after we moved into a little trailer at the end of a long driveway in the clearing of the woods. Our closest neighbor was well over a mile away. My room was on the opposite end of the trailer as my mother and her husband's room. I also had a huge bay window, which will be important in a minute. So, it all started kind of odd one night... I couldn't sleep despite being tired from exploring the acres of woods that I now resided in, so I'm lying there, cartoon network in the dark, trying to fall asleep, when very suddenly I'm deep in the woods in the southeast of the property. It was a place that I'd been before, but not really much, although I did recognize it, I suppose. It was the strangest feeling, like being a passenger in another's mind, seeing through their eyes but having no control, just sort of going along for the ride I guess. It was disorienting to say the least, it exponentially worsened when whatever it was started to move as well. It was an unnatural speed, predatory and precise, kind of reminiscent of the way an animal would stalk its prey darting from cover to cover, tree to tree. It was a blur until it stopped again, just giving me the time that I needed to regain my bearings, as much as I was able anyway. This only lasted for a few seconds, and I then seemed to snap back into my body again, laying in bed. It was such a strange feeling, and I didn't want to even think about it, because I guess I just didn't want it to be real. But the next night, it happened again, and the next, and the next after that. After a few days, I realized that each time it was a bit longer, and it definitely seemed to be allowing me to see through it for longer each night. I can't say how long it lasted, but it was long enough to be a commonplace event every night, and enough for me to think that I was perhaps going crazy. One night, though... I was coming up to the clearing that trailer was in, and as I realized this, my consciousness was in this thing's mind to some degree, and an all-consuming sense of dread started to rise up in me, I guess, worsening with every brief pace behind cover. Note, too, is that, thinking back on this, this thing just didn't seem to operate in any sense of time and space that we are accustomed to, because it would pick up every night in the same place that I left its mind or whatever. But I do not think it was just frozen there till the next day, right? I think it was playing some sort of game or something. Kind of like when an orca plays with a seal or a cat with a mouse, I guess. But in any case, as my terror reached a crescendo, I was suddenly ejected back to myself. I don't know if I did it or it, but it killed whatever link that it made or had with me. But it was different this time. I sat straight up and turned toward the window instantly, because I just knew that it was there, that it was a few feet outside of the tree line. As much as I didn't want to see anything, I still gathered myself up and looked out the bay window at the tree line, and I will never forget it as long as I live, because it was there, leaning from behind a large tree right at the edge of the woods. It was tall, like really tall, And its skin was taut, like it was stretched over its bones, but I don't really remember any detail of its skeletal anatomy or anything. All its features were grotesquely elongated, like they were stretched out purposely. It had long claw-like fingers that curled sort of around into the common sign that you would use to beckon someone closer to you. Its face was large and humanoid, but with that same stretched out look. It also had a smile that was impossibly wide, and large long sharp teeth sort of skinny and needle like, and its eyes were really big, even with it being the size that it was. It just stood there as well, staring at me through my window, then it cocked its head and motioned for me to come to it. I called it the grey man ever since this time, although it definitely had no discernible gender. Whatever it was, though, it was an animal terror unlike anything I have ever felt, but I found myself having to actively fight an almost uncontrollable impulse to go out to it. It was like it could almost compel me to go with it to the forest. After quite some time, I was able to pull myself away from the window and crawl back into bed. All I could do the rest of the night was wait for it to get tired of waiting and I guess decided to come to me if it wanted. It never did, though, and when the sun finally came out, I couldn't, like, feel it anymore, I guess. This, though, was the new normal for me. Almost every night, it would come back and just wait and watch. The compulsion lessened eventually, though, which was really the only silver lining to this whole thing, I guess. I stopped sleeping a lot, and... I would spend the nights in the living room as much as I could, which wasn't often. After quite some time of living with this thing appearing all the time in different places, it got closer at night as well. I don't have a total memory of this night exactly, or I guess I should say that I don't have a complete memory, I think. But after being plagued by this thing for quite a while, it was really getting to me, I guess. I wasn't sleeping, which affected lots of other areas of my life, This, in connection with a tumultuous environment, was quickly pushing me to a breaking point. One night, though, I awoke to this thing, something different, perched on the bottom railing of my bed. The only way that I can describe it was kind of like the fawn from Pan's Labyrinth. It looked a lot different from that character, but it's as close to an analogue as I can come up with. It told me, though, that... It would apparently get rid of the grey man for a price. The fawn had a different energy to it than the grey man did, but I don't think it was something that was of good intent. A mild, almost predatory, opportunistic sort of thing, I guess. I was, however, desperate and exhausted, so whatever it wanted from me for whatever price it required, I think I paid it in the end. I don't know if this was a dream or what, but it felt real at the time. What I can say, though, is that I was definitely awake for the Gray Man, that much I'm sure of. It did, in the end, keep up its end of the bargain, allegedly, and after that, my life did return to a a kind of normal pace, I guess. Well, normal compared to that, I guess. I've been visiting my grandpa in Virginia to care for him recently. I grew up going to this house every month of my childhood. It's in Ivanhoe, Virginia in the Appalachia. It's an abandoned mining town. Growing up in this house built in 1853, I've always noticed out of the ordinary stuff. For example, the room that I would always stay in faced the front porch, windows, with the rocking chairs. And one night I woke up to use the restroom looked out the window and I saw a black shadow figure sitting on the rocking chair rocking it back and forth with long flowy hair. I heard a woman's humming and at that I ran back under the covers and wrapped my head in the blankets along with my toes until along with my toes until I could sleep. This wasn't the first time that I'd noticed that figure But flash to other memories, there would be times in my sleep that I would try to sleep and I'd hear the floors creak, and it always sounded as if something was coming closer. That's when all nine of my grandfather's dogs started howling and barking. The creaking stopped, and then I heard a breathing or sighing noise, and the footsteps continued to walk, but this time walking away. This was all before I was 15, mind you. When I was 15 though, 21 now, I had a nightmare of the house burning down, and as I ran from the house, I could look back and see the shadow hovering over the fire. I woke up in a cold sweat and set up the cot in my grandpa's room. At 17 years old, I went to stay for Christmas with my mum. As we woke up, we shared the same bed, but my mother went to the bathroom, has a sort of window overlooking into the Appalachian Mountains. And told me that she heard a humming coming from outside the window. And suddenly the bedroom door slammed shut. Then she told me about the dreams of the house burning. And this was the last incident. Until I went to care more recently for my grandfather with dementia and Alzheimer's. He wakes up at around 4 in the morning and sometimes I have to bring him back to sleep. A week into the first time that I cared for him... He woke up at around four and sat in the rocking chair on the porch. I awoke to the sensor lights beaming into my room, so I knew to go and get him. This time, he had been talking to the empty rocking chair next to him, having a full-blown conversation, how the Confederate flag is mistaken for Southern pride or whatever. But I grabbed his hand and helped him up, when a woman's voice angrily said... What sounded like an inch behind me let him stay for it's cold. I turned around, freaked out, but there was nobody. Then the dogs began to howl again. I need to return soon again to care for him, but what am I dealing with here? What do I bring next time? Is this dangerous? What kind of thing am I experiencing here? When I was around 12, 2008-2009, my family, mother and father, and I went to visit some relatives, uncle, aunt, and cousin, in rural Tennessee. We were all sat in the living room just talking while the television played in the background. At some point, I went to use the restroom, but their restroom is situated to the left in a hallway past their kitchen. There are no doors directly adjacent to the restroom door. And I had a bit of a tendency in my youth to open the bathroom door before washing my hands, as to not recontaminate my hands and germs when I exited the restroom. So I used the restroom, opened the door, and as I was washing my hands, I saw someone walking by the door in the corner of my eye. I feel it's important to note that the figure was moving in the opposite direction of the living room. The only rooms in the direction the figure was heading are the two bedrooms of the house. Other than these, other than those rooms, the hallway is a dead end. I also feel it's important to note that I did not only see this figure in my peripheral vision. It was very slow moving and the moment that it caught my eye, I turned my head. With both eyes looking directly at the doorway, I saw the figure move past the center of the door frame until it was out of sight to the left. This figure never once acknowledged my presence, stopped walking, or made any noise. The best description that I can give of the figure is that it was an elderly woman hunched over. Not hunched far over, but in the way that many elderly people walk without being able to sort of straighten their backs. The figure was wearing a, a seafoam green sort of nightgown that wasn't very saturated, A very light seafoam green with an almost lacy sort of mesh kind of transparency to it, near the bottom of the dress that is. Enough so that I remember taking note of being able to see the legs moving. The figure wore very thick and rounded square glasses with a transparent brown frame. She had tight, curly, permed, likely graying brown hair that was holding on to the last of its color. She was also a bit overweight I would say. I saw her very vividly though, like what I mean is that there was no transparency to her, nor was anything off about her. When I walked back into the living room, I asked the family who was there. All of the previously listed family members were still seated on their respective couches and chairs when I walked back into the living room. At this point, I was under the impression that an elderly relative of my relatives had arrived while I was in the restroom or whatever but they all assured me that we were the only ones in the house and no one had come to visit after my parents and I. I doubled down, though, telling them that I just saw someone walk past the restroom door. I even described, probably crudely, the woman that I saw. My uncle immediately got up and began searching the house. He started in the back bedrooms and made his way to the living room, thoroughly searching every nook and cranny along the way. But in the end... There was no one else in the house. I kind of dropped it after that. It was weird, but I guess it wasn't that scary, I suppose. I never once felt frightened. Well, at the time, at least. But we moved on with the day, and that night I was about to sleep in my cousin's room with him. I had never been in that room prior to this night. Once I walked in, I immediately noticed a picture hung on the wall. And my jaw almost dropped when it was the same woman that I saw. She had the same hairstyle, same glasses. She was the same size and had all the same features. I questioned him about this and he told me that that was his grandmother. Which I knew that they had gotten this house from. But it never clicked in my head. She died in the living room of old age apparently. He told me that his room was her old room, and when his grandparents remodeled it for him, they left that picture up. At this point, I did get a little hesitant because he had a deer head mounted on the wall. I was a big fan of Evil Dead 2, and I knew if ghostly shenanigans were afoot, that thing was going to maniacally laugh at some point in the night, right? It didn't though, and I slept soundly through the night and never saw or heard anything else. I've been to that house countless times since then and never seen or heard anything else. I've never seen another apparition anywhere that I know of, so that's my really unexplained event. I've told people I know countless times, but I've never really shared it like this online. I hope you enjoyed it, and it's something that has always stuck with me. And if anyone else has any thoughts or even similar experiences, then... Honestly, I would love to hear them. So last night, my girlfriend and I were laying in bed. We were both wide awake, chatting. When finally, I turned the light off and rolled over to go to sleep. My dog, a German Shepherd, was laying on the floor right next to my side of the bed. A second after I rolled over, though... I heard a a crystal clear whisper right in my ear coming from the direction of my girlfriend. Not even half a second later, my dog spooks and starts barking at full volume at something in the room. It was the protector bark that she was clearly spooked as well. I honestly thought that my girlfriend whispered something to me which set the dog off. So I rolled over and my girlfriend asked me if I heard the whisper too because apparently she didn't say anything. The whisper sounded female and was very fast so I couldn't make out what it said but it was right in my ear and right in my girlfriend's ear apparently as well. For what it's worth as well all windows were closed, our phones were in sleep mode, the neighbor's wall behind us is decently insulated and the whole house was closed down and locked up for the night. We also just moved into this townhouse maybe three weeks ago There aren't any pipes that run in the wall behind the bed, and the house was built in 1971. I did a sweep of the whole house afterwards, and as far as I could tell, everything was normal. I don't know what happened that night, but something tells me that there's something wrong with this place. What do you think I should do about it? So my grandma claims that she encountered three black-eyed kids, apparently they asked her if they could come in, we have a garden with a balcony door which leads into the living room, they didn't look directly at her and they sort of stared at the floor at first, one of them asked her if they could use her phone to call their parents and my grandma told me that she never felt such a dread but thought really nothing of it because I mean they were kids right? She said yes in the end and let them in, and she told me that they finally looked at her with eyes that were so black that she'd never seen something like this ever in her life. She froze and just sort of watched them walk into our hallway out of sight. Then my grandma followed after a second or two, and they were gone. They simply vanished into thin air. Now, she was genuinely scared and confused when she told me this. My grandmother, mind you, would never make up such things like this, or even talk about the paranormal in general, let alone having access to the internet and these types of stories, because she simply just doesn't understand how all of this works. Never really even used a computer in her life. She's a Turkish grandma from an older generation. I googled though and froze after reading about this phenomena. This happened about 7 years ago now, and... The story always startles me every time I think about it, and honestly, I feel really sorry for my grandma because she's been really impacted by this in a negative way. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Be Scared podcast, and please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode too.